0: This last week, I've seen a lot. I don't know what it is exactly that... I don't know if it seems to come in waves or what it is, but um, we had Bill's funeral or his graveside um, a week ago this last Saturday. I tuned in... Online to watch the funeral of a colleague of mine who passed away after a long battle with cancer. And she was young and vibrant and had a family. I sat with two people this last week that lost close family members. And throughout it all, I have seen on television the images of war popping out in front of me. It seems like I'm seeing a lot. I don't know if you all are seeing the same things that I am. But it definitely, it definitely weighs on me. And we came today to this scripture that's all about seeing things. The story about Jesus up on the mountain with Peter and James and John. And what it is that they see while they are up there. Now, it's important, as I've always said, not just to take a look at the scripture that I've given you. And in fact, this one even tells it almost like screams it out with us at the very beginning. It says about eight days after Jesus said this. So when I read that, I said, well, I better know what he's saying right before that, since they refer to that right there. And so I pulled down my Bible. I blew off the dust from it, and uh, opened it up and found Luke. And true enough, right before this was something very interesting. Jesus is praying with his disciples again. But this time, he's with all the disciples. And what's fascinating about this is that the, the prayer doesn't seem to be one like, I think we sometimes imagine prayer is, where we like go off and like, get quiet and by our heads and kind of close our eyes and do these kind of things. No, this prayer seems to be more of a conversation, a conversation with God, but also a conversation that happens with his disciples. Because it says, as Jesus was praying, he asked them, who do the people say that I am? And the people come back and the disciples and they say, well, some people say that you're Elijah. Some people say that you are um, a risen prophet. And they give all these things, and and Jesus asks them again and says, Who do you say I am? Who do you see me to be? And Peter pipes up and says, You're the Messiah of God. And Jesus says, Do not tell anybody about this. And he explains that he's gonna have to go through some difficult things coming up that will end. In his death in Jerusalem. So it's with this all in mind. This experience of prayer. And this, this experience of trying to understand who Jesus is. Who they see him to be. That, that this text comes today. That Jesus takes this time just three disciples. Up onto the mountaintop to pray with him. And it's here that the disciples watch. They see His face. They see Him change while they are up there. His face glowing. His clothing changing in a way that it that they could not deny that something was different about who Jesus was. Now, a lot of ink has been spilled and a lot of Thoughts have been put as to why it is that Luke tells this story in the way that he does, why Moses and why Elijah are there, why it is that, that Peter pops up and, and says, Well, maybe we ought to build like maybe we ought to build like tents for everybody. Well, there's three tents right there, why he got so excited. And then why Jesus, why Luke adds this piece on there about, about the fact that he didn't know what he was saying. We recognize that there's much that we can see within the text as we do that. Um, yeah. um we don't know exactly what it is that why it is that Luke tells this story the way that he does. But he obviously sees something as important in the fact that Jesus engages with these other people. Maybe it is that. That he's trying to give them this idea that Jesus was in touch with the transition. Because when Jesus meets right up there with Moses and Elijah, it seems to kind of tie him back to the traditions, to the past, to those who have come before. Maybe it was that this idea of, of Peter jumping forward and saying, maybe we ought to build booths for everybody, these tents for the people to live in. Maybe he was trying to give them this idea that we can't stay put, that we have to keep moving. And we can't just sit in these great places. I mean, the thing is, the more more kind of like work that I did and the more reading that I found, everybody had an idea as to why this happened, why things happened the way that they did. But I have to admit that through going all all of this kind of research and looking at all of this, I found myself kind of like the disciples in this cloud that was around me. This cloud of information, these clouds of ideas, all of this stuff just kind of swirling around. And I couldn't see exactly what this text was all about. And so maybe, maybe as I sat there, it was here that I realized that maybe the experience of seeing Jesus and trying to understand what this faith and living is all about is not about trying to find meaning within it. It's about listening for God's voice. Because the reality is this. I've seen beautiful things. I've seen incredible stuff that has moved me, that that has shown me that that God is present in all kinds of different ways. Whether it be sitting with someone who is in the end stages of life but is able to reflect back and to see God's face even in the midst of this scary time of wondering what is next. I've been able to see God as I've held a little child, a baby that has come into the world to a family who just desperately wanted to be parents. I have seen God in the faces of my colleagues when we have discussions, heated ones about the scriptures, but we're able to open it up and to share experiences out of our own lives that make, that make God real and tangible. I've had experiences where I have seen love poured out from family and from friends upon myself and on others. There are ways that I see God each and every day that remind me that God is present. I hope you see those as well because they bring joy. They bring joy to me. And they remind me that God is here. Even in the midst of these times when I look out and it's hard to see God. It doesn't always find an explanation. It doesn't always find a way that everything can be put into place. Instead, Instead, even in the cloud, I feel like that I'm just not alone. If we continued on with this scripture, if we'd gone just a little bit further, there's a story that, that follows this. Is the disciples have made their way down the mountain as they have come down. And they, once they get back down, they all kind of gather up with the other disciples, the apostles that are following him. And, and it says that there's a great crowd that has been waiting for Jesus. And the story it goes that there was a there was someone who comes up and says would you please they come to Jesus and say would you please heal my child. We took the child to the disciples to have them heal him but guess what they couldn't do it. And so Jesus heals the child. After all that Peter and James had seen They had all the, you know, Peter felt like he had the right answer just a few verses ahead of this. That he knew exactly what was going on. That he was finally getting a grasp of what he needed to know. There will still be days when we feel like we can't do anything. There will still be days that we feel like that our footing is not secure. There will still be days that we have to rely upon Jesus. And isn't this what life and living is all about? Taking each day as it is. Listening for the voice of God. Seeking Jesus' face and just praying that it will shine in a way that we can see it. I don't know what this next week has in store. I know that for myself, I know that Lent begins on Wednesday. It's a time that we will gather here in this space on Wednesday evening and we'll take the ashes and we will put it on the forehead. And we will remember that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. We will begin a time of 40 days of evaluation, of of reflection upon where our relationship is with God. Finding moments and times within those 40 days that we can look back, or that we can find ways to pray to God whether it be bowing our heads and closing our eyes or screaming up to the heavens or being in conversation with another. We will seek out a deeper relationship with God in those 40 days to prepare us for Lent. Some of you may take something out of your life. Some of you may add something to it. But we will journey Together through the frailty of this life, trying to engage with God in a deeper way. I don't know what we'll see, but I look forward to the conversations and sharing it together. We're going to be gathering a little bit more. We're going to have a Sunday school class on Sunday mornings, that writing group that's going to meet in classroom one. I'm going to have coffee times here at the church at 10 o'clock. Grab your cup of coffee, show up here. We're going to sit, chat, connect. We're going to gather for soup on Wednesday evening and break bread together. We're going to begin to talk a little bit more, especially within worship. And we're going to gather because whatever it is that we see moving forward, we're going to do this, loving each other and being present for each other just as God continues to be present for us in all things Let us climb the mountain and see what it is that we see. But let us do it together. Amen. Thank you for listening to the White Oak Pond Christian Church Podcast. We hope that it's been a blessing to you this day. White Oak Pond seeks to be a place where we accept one person at a time to Christ's never-ending and forgiving love. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive sermons each and every week. And also rate us. It really helps. Thank you again, and may you know joy in powerful ways this week.